Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the afternoon here on Ausbiz Live from our Barangaroo Studios. It's time for the call. Uh, Ten stocks picked by you. I put it to them to uh, our expert panel. We do it all in one hour. Let's welcome the panel. Rudy Philippek Van Dyke from FN Arena. Rudy, how are you, sir? Ready for it. Ready and raring to go. And his compatriot today, Howard Common from Team Invest. Howard. Great to be here. It's are you good fun. Are you intimidated by Rudy? No, nah, Rudy and I have known one another for many, many, many years. And we tend to agree on more things than we oh. don't agree on. Well, that's bad planning, is it? <laughs> Very bad planning. <laughs> well, I, I have a suspicion if I would talk Flemish, he would understand a little bit of it. A fair ah. bit of it. Oh, is that right? Okay. All right. Well, uh, uh, we'll see if we can talk financial and make it really clear today. Uh, over the first half hour of the program, uh, you want us to take a look at uh, Pentanet, uh, Mass Group, uh, Cluey, Primaticus and Gold Road. But uh, stock of the day, thought we'd kick off with uh, Origin Energy. Origin's takeover by Brookfield Lead Consortium. Move one step closer overnight. Both parties agreeing to a deal valuing the conglomerate at $18.7 billion. Uh, Origin shareholders receive an implied offer of $8.91, representing a 9% premium on the last traded price. Uh, Origin will be broken up into two businesses, Brookfield acquiring its energy markets business, while Mid-Ocean Energy would take control of Origin's intonated uh, gas area. Origin board have uh, come behind the uh, the takeover bid and supported it. Uh, Rudy, what do you reckon? Don't buy the shares here. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit late for that. Um, yeah. Although, so, the share, although the share price is still not, they still leave a little bit of, because obviously yeah, it's, well, it's not 100% sealed right. yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obvious observation to make. If you have a longer term view, this is quite a short term view, but if you have a longer term view, uh, Origin and AGL are probably ex- excellent examples of how the market changed over, over the past decade yep. and how their markets have changed over the past decade. Um, and um, I mean, uh, AGL uh, was a little bit more difficult to get to get across and uh, yep. Origin has been the one. Yep. I mean, sometimes people who are Good not- for shareholders? Well, yeah, because they've think been so. out of favour for years. Cause, cause, yeah, the shareholders has had have had a rough, rough time. <laughs> yep, <laughs> the share price. I mean, this sounds like high in comparison to where the share price has been. Yeah, but once upon a time, the share price was, was higher. I know. <laughs> so I, th- the, I think Gaurav Sodhi, uh, I think uh, this was probably a year ago, said Origin and AGL were two of the worst-run businesses that uh, on the market. So if you've been a lot yeah. long-suffering shareholder, yeah. good to get out. The, the, the nomination of worst worst one or best one that, that often uh, is, is an assessment made on where the share price has gone. Yeah, I, I yeah. would always think it's it is easy to say because what came had f- 
first towards those companies over the past decade has been quite, uh, let's just keep it uh, civil, challenging. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> and I mean, and that's very, very difficult when you're in the thick of it, of, of, of turning those companies around and, and, and yeah. make, make the challenge an advantage, which I obviously couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think in, in a broader sense, the, the whole move away from fossil fuels, which even though some people doubt it will happen, but it will happen. Um, I think the, the may, maybe the underlying sentiment here is it will create both winners and losers and both opportunities yeah. and, and, and yeah. losses. Uh, Howard, yeah, uh, I mean, at last a wealth winner for origin. <laughs> no, it's been a slow burn capital killer for years. Yep. Um, and I think the shareholders should be relieved that they're actually getting more money than they would have got a little while ago. But, you know, when you consider the share price was 12 to $14 10 odd years ago, uh, and we've had some inflation since then, yeah, mm-hmm. and they're not getting anywhere near 12 to $14 today, but they're getting more today than it was probably worth today. Yeah. And I think one of the silliest things I've seen in the media in the last couple of days is Min saying that the um, uh, uh, voters of New South Wales, the citizens of New South Wales were fleeced when they sold the um, uh, energy companies. Well, not when you look at what they're worth today. Right. Yeah. Uh, the shareholders yeah. in, in new, uh, the energy companies haven't done very well. The uh-huh. voters did exceptionally well. The so so the privatisation well. was great for taxpayers. Oh, absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Now, I mean, that doesn't always mean privatisation is. Yeah. But if you privatise something that a few years later you decide you're going to make uh, rules that they can't operate the way they were before. The people who, who get screwed are the shareholders. Yeah. The voters of New South Wales have done wonderfully well out of the privatisation yep. of the poles and the wires and yep. the power stations that are now half of them not going to be used anymore. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe they didn't realise at the time that energy prices can get a lot higher if it's privatised, which obviously is what happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If it's if it's government owned, they can run at a loss, and the government will just mop it up. Yes. Well, the taxpayers mop it up, yes. Yeah, yeah. And the issue, I suppose, now is that changing sentiment on fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. Everyone whinges about high energy costs are, you know, but mm. fossil fuels keep energy prices low. So they go gunning for Santos uh, and, and Woodside. Yeah. Well, if you gun too hard, you're yeah. Energy prices are going to go up further in the short term. I, I guess, and, exactly. and, we'll, I guess and, and all that will happen is we won't develop any more gas and yes. oil. Ours will eventually run out, and then we'll have to import it from somewhere else overseas whenever we need it. They'll make money. I mean, people in other other countries are probably sitting and cheering. Yeah. This is wonderful news. Yeah, not for them. about that one. But anyway, I think it's a. I think we all have these ideas, and we know what's going to come. But it's it's a long. Yeah. I mean. In fifty it's years, in fifty years from now, there's still some some coal mines open. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. that the percentage of coal of the total and really energy, it's that long that when I was doing applied mathematics as part of my degree at Before university, in the, <laughs> just about in the 1960s, that's how long ago it was. In our first year of applied maths in 1966, um, Professor Oliver used to say to the class, "Your grandchildren will curse you." if you don't stop burning dirty coal and polluting the atmosphere. Now, um, that was 1966. So that's roughly, you know, what, 55 odd years ago? So now they're cursing you. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, probably <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, let's get into uh, the stocks you want us to take a look at. And Rudy, uh, Rob wants a view on Pentanet, the uh, the telco carrier. Good on, good on, Rob. Uh, the share market side, side. Let's start further with the side. The share market doesn't have to be a casino. Yeah. Uh, but the closer you go into the darkest corners of the share market, to the to the very very small micro caps. Yep. the closer you, you resemble the share market with a, with a casino, basically. Ah. Um, I'm on Twitter. I have, I have some um, highly experienced traders who populate my feed on occasion. And some of them make some intelligent observations, which is the reason why I sometimes pay attention. One of them, whose day-to-day -day activity is in smaller micro caps, he said recently, I don't understand why all, everyone who's in the, that sector He's constantly talking about fundamentals. Yeah. He says there are no fundamentals. These mm. stocks move on on a whim, on sentiment, on you name it. But fundamentals, right? Mm. And that's basically the message I'm trying. I mean, my, and, <clears throat> uh, Howard and I might not agree on, and we don't agree on everything, but we sort of agree both on the fact that we like to put our money where at least we can have an impression that we, we, we can follow fundamentals and make yep. a little bit of a projection. Right? With a company like Pen Pentanet, I mean, I don't even care what it actually does because all I need to know is market cap, around 30 million. I mean, the CEO of some of those largest companies, they've spent that on one trip to the Bahamas. Yeah. Right? <laughs> They're not profitable. And the daily turnover is, well, I mean, if someone sneezes, share price goes down by 50% right. and someone breathes out and it goes up by 50%. If that's the type of corner that you want to put your money in, by all means, go ahead. But uh, we won't find me in the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, and how would I? Yeah, no me. We'd find you in the neighborhood. Nah, it hasn't I mean, been going very long. And uh, uh, see that a dollar nine about eighteen months ago, two years ago, down to ten cents now. Yeah, I looked up what it did only because I was going to be on this program. But like Rudy, I looked at the earnings per share. I looked at the return on equity. It's losing money. Uh, it it lost uh, more money last year than the year before. Um, it, it, it you know if you want to. Oops, I think I've lost my microphone. If you want to. Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Will it work? It there. No, that's not how uh, it works. There you go. Hang on. We needed, we need, we needed the divine, will, will divine really, intervention. Really romantic. <laughs> Fiddling with your um, top here. There we go. Okay. The Thanks. wonders of life television. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you look at this company, it's not a business. And, uh, you know, it always amazes me how many people waste their hard-earned money on throwing it at things that have, by the looks of them, no prospect of success. Now, occasionally mm. one of them will, but mm. when you go down to Crown Casino or wherever, Star Casino, and you put money on the table, maybe you'll be lucky. Yeah. But the chances are they didn't build that big building because they thought you were going to be making money out of them. Oh. Yeah. They built it because they're making money out of you. Yeah, all right. So that. Uh, Rob, thank you for that. I would put that down as a resounding no for uh, Pentanet. Uh, something a bit more traditional, though, Howard. Tony wants a view on Mass Group, the big civil engineer, civil construction group. Yeah, I mean, this company is at least profitable, but it has only been listed for under three years. So you don't really know when you consider that it's in uh, uh, construction materials 
how it's going to cope through an economic cycle in the construction industry. All we yeah. know is that in the two years uh, that we have some figures for, it's made a profit both years. The profit went up the second year. That's got a bit of debt, which is not a good thing in that industry at the moment, but it's not an enormous amount of debt. It just falls under our filter level, so it makes it. But it's got too short a history, and I don't right. think any team invest members looking at this would give it a second thought. Okay, and back basically down to its uh, to its issue price, um, IPO price. Yes. Uh, what do you think, Rudy? Well, I'll, I'll grab the opportunity to talk a bit Dutch on the television today. Mars Group, right? <laughs> He's, that's obviously Dutch immigrants. Right. Um, I, I differ a little bit from Howard. I mean, I totally agree. I mean, there's very little history. Um, I, I must say, I think the business looks interesting. Um, it, it is different from most service providers because it actually has multiple tentacles. It does the civil work, it does, it does the, the property uh, well, as well. What that means, of course, is that there's always a problem somewhere. I mean, yeah. one division is doing well, but then the other one isn't. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, that's, that's what they run into this year. That's why the share price is, is that low. I actually think, because the other divisions are performing well, right. and it is a diversified uh, conglomerate, I means small business, History, but I think I think you can give it the, the benefit of the doubt here. Um, you might have to be patient because um, we still we still get the the, the mortgage cliff, uh, which which maybe is a month, maybe two months, three months away in Australia. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, skepticism in how uh, property uh, development and and the sales of of, of properties. Um, are going to look like over the, over the second half of the year. Yeah. So that, that means that share price might actually not move much in, right. in the meantime. But hey, they're paying a dividend. Uh, you're probably sitting there, you can probably take a longer term view. And if you believe that they are doing the right thing, at least in the divisions that are working at the moment, right. that share price may not, may so not look too So you'd have it as a hold? I would have it as a hold, okay. yeah, yes. Um, those sorts of businesses are quite complex to Yes, and to uh, run, and, aren't they? And, and easy, easy to stuff and, up. And also, exactly, once to to uh, to emphasize here, one of some of the most disasters we've had over the past decade or two decades, they're usually in that contractor yeah. space. Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and sometimes those are businesses with large balance sheets, like the likes of Landlease. Yeah. But when they have smaller balance sheets, they actually go out of business sometimes. So, yeah. so and, there and is the, a higher risk profile. And the reason is in this country, more than in several other countries, it's not unique in the world, but it's more so here, um, pretty much all construction is done on fixed price contracts. The inflation now, the moment you have inflation yep. and you have a fixed price contract that's going to take a couple of years to they're complete, long projects, they're they? long projects, yeah. it's a very, very dangerous area to be yeah. in. Yeah. Now, um, I think in the long term for Australia, it would be far better if we went away from fixed price contracts. But for the developer, mm. they're not going to like that. Yeah. So they're going to do their best to stick to fixed price contracts. And that's why all those home builders have gone broke. Too, Absolutely. And there'll be uh, plenty more, yeah. which, of course, is great for the survivors. The survivors do wonderfully well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to the other end of the market now. Uh, Rudy, Tony wants a view on Cluey. Yes. The, uh, We're the back online. now in the darkest corners yeah, yeah. of the market. Shoe <laughs> no. drink business. Tony puts his hand up and goes, I am a holder of Cluey, unfortunately oh. purchased at the top of the yes. market. Yes, why? Um, it was flavoured during uh, 
COVID, was it? Because it's online tutoring and the that's, like. That, that's the thing. I mean, coming back also to what that trader said on Twitter, these, these stocks move on memes, on yeah. Momo, FOMO, on sentiment, on I want to be part of it, on everything, everything but solid fundamentals. Right. Now, this one has... That has doesn't it, look very liquid. No, it? and this one has <laughs> an added disadvantage is that they recently, because they're not profitable, had to raise capital near the bottom and you know right. what happens then they become even less valuable right and also what that means also is that if they were to become profitable it now has to be divided over so many more shares yeah mm. so the, the the potential to become profitable and to grow has been diminished quite 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 greatly yeah. here so yeah. why I'm, i can just ask why you might as well go to star casino and choose red yeah you might have more chance. But I remember when it floated. It was soon after uh, we started here here on Ausbiz, and the whole thing was tutoring, uh, big yes. overseas, big in Asian markets. This was online, so it kept the cost down. It was what, pretty what? convincing thematic. They always have, because otherwise they can't list. Right. And yep. the, the, the other thing to emphasize here is it was also a time when uh, because of extremely low bond yields, everyone wanted to be uh, wanted to be on top with the, the new economy stocks, right. so, so to speak. It didn't matter whether they were profitable or not. But since last year, that matters, mm. and you can see then the result when when it matters. Okay. Those businesses can't turn around because they they're not big enough, they're yep. not solid enough, and they they have no profits. Yeah. So they remain unprofitable, and in this right. case, you see them then they have to raise extra capital. Yeah. Howard. Yeah, it's a sort of business that I know a lot about because the reason I have money to invest today is I made it in education businesses. Right, yep. And the key in education businesses is the only moat you can have has got to be around the fact that you can have one person teaching many. Yep. The moment you're doing one-to-one, in other words, tutoring on a small scale or one to a small group, the economics are against you because teachers are paid poorly and there are thousands of them who prepared to do it for very little money. Yeah. So if you start a business doing tutoring, the teacher in the neighborhood will offer, and you charging whatever it is per hour, mm. the teacher in the neighborhood will offer it for a couple of dollars less per mm. hour and you lose your students. So the only way to do it is to develop completely self-study courses, which is why we made money. We developed courses that could be used without a teacher ever. The course was entirely self-study. You could phone a telephone tutor if you were stuck, but the whole idea of the phoning the telephone tutor so we knew what people got stuck on so we could get rid of that, oh, change it, and make sure they research. didn't get stuck. Yep. Yeah, it was market <laughs> research for us. It was product development. And we made a lot of money doing it, but all the tutoring, the thousands of tutoring businesses that I've seen around the world mm. in my lifetime uh, being in that industry, mm. I don't know of any that other than when they became absolutely giant, made any money. And even the right. ones that became giant, they would never have passed our filters because their return on equity was peanuts. Right. Um, it, it, it's three, three, three. And this company is yeah. losing money. I mean, it lost 78% yeah. of its equity yeah. in one yeah. year. Mm. Also, 3P learning is, is, hasn't been a great success either. No. But what has been a great success is IDP education. Yep. And then, you, then, you, and then you're, going, you're doing testing and you can scale testing. And I think with the share price fall that has recently happened with IDP, the case, it starts becoming very interesting at this level mm. as an alternative for what is officially the same, same sector. Well, and the beauty of IDP is that the shareholders 
of IDP um, sort of force their students to do their mm, English language to be, the case. I think to be sold, owned by the unis. Yeah, but no. they sold their stake, I think. Right, ju yes. during COVID to get some money out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. But IDP is becoming the global market leader for the, for the typical English language tests right. that students have to do when they go to the US, the UK or Australia. Okay. And that's the position you want to be in. Because so those students, they come. You'd be saying, saying to Tony, get out. Uh, yes. Cycle you, into you, IDP. You, like, well, like, looking at that graph, yeah. he struggled yeah. to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> he probably thinks, I can't sell now, I've lost too much. But you know what? In my view, it's never too late to sell. Yeah, 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 yeah. And with June 30 coming it, up? It, yes. It, it can yeah. always go down 100% from yes. wherever it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Howard Maitland wants to be on something slightly bigger. Uh, ProMedicus. The big medical uh, imaging company, um, Australia, Germany, the US, over the last 12 months, been one of the stars on the Australian market. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a, a really great business. It's got yeah. high return on equity. It's got no debt. Its earnings are growing rapidly. So everything about the business's fundamentals look absolutely superb. Now, will it be able to go on growing at the same rate? No, because it's already signed up seven of the top 10 uh, universities, uh, hospital groups in the US, and I think it's 11 of the top 20. So the sales costs are now going to be a bigger proportion as they go to smaller ones because you don't get as much volume from one sale. But they will um, expect to keep on growing until somebody comes up with perhaps a better technology. But the one thing about it that makes it definitely not a yes to buy. By the way, I own some, I should say, right, I forgot okay. to say. I own shares in this. I certainly didn't pay a PE anywhere near the PE that it is now. Right. And the PE at the moment is in absolutely la-la land. It's over 100. And there's never been, uh, according to Schiller of uh, irrational exuberance in, in his book, he says there's never been any significant size company that's maintained a PE of 100 for more than a decade. Right. Now, um, he even goes down to lower numbers and shows how rare they are. Even PEs of more than 40 are extremely rare. Right. This is on a PE at the moment of, I think, 130. So wow. even if it halved in price, it would still be expensive. Now, that doesn't make it a bad business. It's an absolutely mm. great business, but it's at an absurd price. Right, okay. Completely absurd price. So it would have to halve in price for you even to think about it, although you're happy to be in there and hold it. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's maybe 1% of my portfolio in right. total, and, and it's not one of my bigger holdings, and I'm happy to hold it, and I'm hoping like crazy that everybody talks it down at some stage, and the share price goes down so that the PE right. gets to a reasonable number that I can buy them again. What? I, what? I bought them during COVID, at the beginning right. of COVID, when right. the PE dropped to about 50, and I cringed at 50. Right. But uh, So why wouldn't you sell and take your profits? Well, you know, this, it's so hard to find great businesses. I mean, in all the time we've been running Team Invest, we've struggled to find 25 <coughs> great businesses at any one time. So if I've got one or two in my portfolio that are overpriced but great businesses, if I sell them, I'll probably land up in the worst businesses. So no, I wouldn't okay. buy any more, but I cringe and hold them. <laughs> we, we, we could have such lively discussions here. Oh, but the, 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 the contrarians uh, yeah. uh, that, that you see here. The, so hold, anyway, hold for you. It's a hold for me. Right. Anyway, so I'm no longer a shareholder, but um, I've- You took your profits. 
Yes, and this it's fair uh, enough. And, and and this stock has been um, on my radar well before it was on, on, on anyone's radar. I totally even uh, before Claude Walker. I have a suspicion that I was well before Claude, but oh, but he is still okay. there and he, he can climb right. it as well as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, uh, this I, I one thing I agree with with uh, with uh, um, Howard is that. If you're looking for high quality business, this is amongst the highest quality yep. on the stock exchange. Um, I like market leaders. When you become mm -hmm. a global market leader, I don't think enough people uh, understand how difficult that is and how powerful that is if you are the global leader. Okay? Yep. And we have a few on, on the Australian stock exchange, but what you always have to be careful of is that Westfield once was considered a, a global leader um, and that obviously didn't go well. And and sometimes those leaders they, they lose their leadership or the market Absolutely. changes. That's yeah, why you have to be careful. The, the family sell out. So that's what that's exactly <laughs> you should do. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was from the moment they did. I said like follow the yeah. follow the example. Yeah. I mean, where where I disagree with with Howard a little bit, and that's the irony because he's on the board, I'm not. Is I don't think you should sell here because the PE doesn't tell you the whole story. Yeah. The PE is simply that the market is confident that they will will keep their mark their leadership. They will keep the high margins and they will keep growing, even yeah. if that happens. See, the PE can come up, the PE can come down two ways. Either the growth materializes and the PE automatically comes down, or the share price uh, sinks. Share yeah. price doesn't have to sink, growth can yeah. come true. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's so I, I, I have a but difference. But saying the growth trajectory? Oh, at some stage, slow. on some stage it will. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not suggesting right? it's going to slow next week kind of thing. No, at but some no. stage it will. Yeah. And, and so far they've actually surprised everyone because everyone thought they had, including Claude, that reached peak margins and they've actually increased their margins since. Yeah. I mean, that's why the share price is as confident, that's why the market is confident as well. Anyway, long story short, I think if you, if you own it, keep it. Right. If you're not on board yet and you're looking to get on board of, a, of one of the highest quality growth companies, Pick your pick your level. I mean, I would I would say the closer it gets to fifty five dollars, get on board. Right. Um, if you're confident doing it at sixty, do but it at sixty. But then you've got to be prepared to hold it for a long time. Yeah, it may when, well. It may well. It may so, well. So, it, but but so, hold it but, for a long time if so, you're going to hold but it. But so far, simply on an, on an observation. What you also can do is if you if you suspect and I and I just suspect there was a scenario there, that if the market starts focusing on the U.S. recession and and maybe on tougher times in Australia. The market overall might might revisit lower levels. You would hope that these guys go level go yeah. lower too, yeah. because that's not a given. Because right. what happened a couple of times, the market tanks and this one refuses to go Stands down. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and uh, and that happens on the that's because investors do not see bad news on the horizon for this company. Right. Okay. It will happen at some stage. All right. We know so, it will. So you're actually both a hold, but. Whereas, uh, how to be interested in buying below thirty dollars? Yeah, yeah no, well, that basically means you're not buying. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> the, the thirty dollars uh, don't take it as a dollar number. If the PE ratio got a bit more reasonable, I'd right. buy some more. Okay, um, but I don't want to sell at the moment because it's such a great business. Sure. Okay. All right. Next on Pete wants a view. Uh, Rudy on Gold Road, one mm. of our uh, bigger gold miners uh, and explorers. Tier one, upcoming, upcoming. Mine. I still, I still remember the seeing the research when they weren't producing yet. Um, for, I think, I think there's two, there's two elements here. There's gold and there's there's gold producers. Yeah. The gold producer side, they've 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 had some difficulties. That's why the share price has been well, not, not fantastic, but they've they've made a little bit of a, of a of a recovery there. You have to 
basically count on the fact that they, they will execute their plans and everything goes to plan and then they will increase production, increase production, more revenue, more profits. Well, gold price is around right. 3,000 Aussie dollars. Well, in Aussie, yeah, but um, that's not how it works. It, right. it actually moves on the, on the US dollar right. uh, gold price and you, yeah. and you will see that historically. Yeah. So gold has to, the Fed, there has, something has to happen in the US. I mean, we saw that recently. You get a banking crisis, all of a sudden gold is back at 2,000 US. Right? Yeah. But the banking crisis subsides a bit, gold comes down. Right? And yeah. there is not a real reason I don't see at this moment in time. We don't have enough problems in the US. The Federal Reserve is still hiking. And, and bond yields are behaving at the point at this point in time. So gold is not really, there's not really a great case for gold. Okay. But a producer that can execute, this could be one of them, right. can still increase their profits and their revenue. And at some point, that whole Aussie dollar thing that might translate into higher dividends as well. So I think it's a hold here. Right. But if you really want to be conservative, uh, you would wait until more, more weakness kicks in. And you know what? The more confident the market gets in the short term, the lower those prices can go because okay. because gold gold needs fear and uncomfortability, yep. not when people get comfortable and positive again. Yeah. Okay. Howard, you're you're not big into resources anyhow. Well, right? and particularly and not gold because yeah. um, you know I, I come from South Africa originally used to produce eighty five percent of all the world's gold for yeah. many 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 years, and um, I remember in nineteen eighty or seventy nine one or the yeah. other I forget the which crash. It, well, gold no, got to eight hundred and eighty. Yeah. US yeah, dollars yeah. an ounce. And it was going to get to thousands and all the brokers and bankers were all talking about it. it'll be $2,000. Yep. And it was the best hedge against inflation, which we had a yep. lot of at the time. Yep. And if you look at the inflation rate since then to now, and the fact that the gold price has only slightly more than doubled from then till now, it's been the most incredibly bad hedge against mm. inflation. Just about anything else you bought would have been a better hedge yep. against inflation. So, you know, gold, uh, it, it, the story is always there's only a limited amount of gold in the world and there won't be much more found, but they keep finding more That's and they keep works, mining yes. more. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have a huge amount of uses, so I can't get enthusiastic about any gold producer. And remember, producers need a lot of capital. Yep. So. It, it, you know, here is a gold mining company that every time it's finished digging up one bit of gold over there, it's now got to drill new holes at great expense over there in order to start finding some more. Yep. This is... Operational yep. costs are the problem. Yep. Terrible. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's recap the uh, first five stocks, including uh, stock of the day, which is Origin. Um, if you're an Origin shareholders, thank you, lucky stars, you're being taken out after a horrible <laughs> couple of years. Pentanet, a no from um, both Rudy and Howard. Uh, Mass uh, is a hold from Rudy, a no from Howard. Um, Cluey is a no from both uh, Rudy. If you look at education uh, sector, um, uh, pointed us towards IDP. Uh, Prometicus, a hold from both. Uh, Rudy says if it got down to $55, he reckons it would be reasonable buying then. It's over 60 at the moment. Gold Road, a hold from Rudy and a no from Howard. Uh, here on the call, we've been uh, following our own High Conviction Fantasy Fund. It's picked by the Investment Committee. Um, in the March committee meeting, the April one will be coming up next week. Uh, the committee decided to get out of Seven Group and Janus and Education, trim mineral resources and add MA Financial and Austal. And uh, since the 1st of March last year, the fund is up about 6%.
At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Uh, this half hour, we're going to be uh, casting an eye over Altium, uh, the Vanguard MSCI Australian Small Companies Index ETF, it's a mouthful, uh, Auckland International Airport, Rhythm Biosciences and Integral Diagnostics. Um, Howard, uh, Stu wants a view uh, on Altium, the, uh, the tech company, software specialist. Uh, designing printed circuit boards? Yeah, they provide software for other people to design the printed circuit boards, so they're providing the software. Um, I actually uh, own a small parcel of these. I bought some when we met the CEO, or chairman in fact, came around and Mm -hmm. spoke to our Team Invest members, and I thought in order to understand the company better, I'd only remember to keep looking at it if I owned a few, (laughs) so I bought a few. I've done quite well out of them, quite happy, haven't bought more since. Um, look, it's got very high return on equity, so that looks very positive. It's got no debt, which looks great. And the earnings per share have been growing, not in an absolutely steady way, but they've been growing pretty well. Yeah. One big disadvantage at the moment is it's in a bit of a tax dispute with the ATO. And um, so that could knock a massive hole in their profits. Right. Uh, the amount involved is quite large, if in fact they found uh, to be in the wrong. They claim they're not, um, as one uh, invariably does. Yep. Uh, I believe they haven't made a provision for it yet on the grounds of they're very confident in their position. So, um, uh, you know, uh, it's not a particularly large company, but it's got very large customers mm-hmm. and very large numbers of customers. They've got about 50,000 people using their PC design and other things that they're doing. So. Um, you know, certainly one of the better companies on the ASX does pass all our filters. Quite a few Team Invest members own it. Um, so if you poll our Team Invest members, some will say it's in their top 25. You only want about 25 companies yeah. in your portfolio. Uh, some people even less. Um, others say, no, it's not in their top 25, but it's not far out. So certainly one of the better companies. But at the moment, like so many companies, um, with interest rates having been low for a long time, it's on a pretty pricey PE ratio right. of 53, but uh, it has had a couple of big drops every now and then, and that's when our Team Invest members have been buying it. Oh, yeah. um, right. But I don't think anybody would be buying it necessarily at 53. But uh, I'm a hold, and I would think most Team Invest members would be... And buy on weakness. Yeah. Okay. I think that's um, an excellent strategy. I would put a hold as well. Um, I mean, again, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, share price is where it is. Um, Again, a, a, a global market leader. It actually yeah. became a global market leader over the past uh, decade. Uh, very, very uh, consistent in, in growth. Got a bit of a moat as well. Uh, I'm not so sure whether it has a moat, but uh, because it's, it's not like there's no competition. Yeah. And it, it, it also, it, China is quite important for them as well. Right. So the, the, okay. there, are, there are risks with the model and with the clients. But um, but so far, I mean, it has, <laughs> the share price speaks for itself. The share, mm. the, 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 it has performed really, really well. It is a global market leader. I, I agree with uh, it is. 
amongst the, 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 the prime growth stories we have on the ASX, and we, and yeah. we, sh we should value that. Yep. And it's a terrific management, by the way. Excellent yeah. uh, CEO, excellent board, excellent chair. Yeah. So very strategic in their thinking. Mm -hmm. So uh, you'd think that they're likely to do better than their competitors right. simply because they are exceptionally well run. See, tech stocks have been smashed over the last 12 months. So but not, but not the likes of Altium. Not, no. not, not Wystack, not Promedicus, not Altium. Because they actually uh, make money. And that's the difference. And also they make profits. Exactly, yes. still been going well. Yes. Uh, so you see that the, mar the market has essentially made, made a decision that some are, some are quality and some are not. Yes. And the non-quality ones, they went down by sometimes by 80, 90%. Yeah. And these guys actually held up. The yes. ones that are stories about how they will make profits one day their stories mm. have collapsed. Mm. Yeah. That balloon has been popped. Yeah. The ones that have actually been making money for years, the TNEs, the, uh, the this one, Altium, and so on, um, they've been making profits for years. That's yeah. not a story. That's a real business. Yeah. And yeah. the market, whenever interest rates rise, the market distinguishes between stories and businesses. Yeah. When interest rates are close to zero, stories do well. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, Howard Drew wants a view on the Vanguard MSCI Australian Small Companies Index ETF. Now, I know you don't go into ETFs. No. Uh, but if if you did go in, into an ETF, would an Australian Small Companies Specialist one no, be the because, one you'd go into at the because moment? Because the moment you're an ETF, you've got to have everything that's in your index. Yep. And seeing as most of the companies in the small company index are, in my opinion, rubbish, yep. um, you're investing in a large amount of rubbish to be invested in a small amount of good ones. Right. Uh, it, it would be far simpler just to run a very simple filter and say, let's eliminate all the companies that are, don't make a profit at all, and I'll make my own little index of only ones that make a profit. Um, that would be a starting point that would be at least a little bit better. So I, I'm not a fan on the Australian market of index funds because we have so many biotechs that don't make money. We have yeah. so many mining explorers that don't make money. We don't have that many tech companies, but we have some of those that don't make money. There are some stock exchanges in the world where it's much harder to get listed. You have to show a couple of years of profit before you're allowed to list. Then ETF makes much better sense. Okay. Ready? I have a different view than Howard. Hey, we have live television. <laughs> uh, well, there's first observation. Um, the, the small caps index in the US traditionally outperforms the large cap index mm -hmm. most of the, most of the uh, time. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> consideration number one, well, there's a small cap in the US is often a large cap over here. Mm -hmm. So with, we're not talking apples with apples. The other mm -hmm. thing is in a market like Australia, when you go to small caps, you, you are talking mining stocks. Mm -hmm. um, so whenever this ETF performs well, it basically goes hand in hand with the mining cycle going very right. well. 25% or more of this ETF is mining, mining stocks. I mean, Now, why I disagree with, with, with Howard is um, for a lot of investors, the share market is quite, is quite difficult. And if you want to avoid to get stuck with something like Cluey, uh, then an ETF, at the very least, yes, you get you get a lot of rubbish in it, but the end, the end result of the mix is basically what gets you the, your result. Right. Okay. Now this ETF, I had a quick look this morning. It actually includes Worley and car sales. Right. So, 
small caps oh. is a quite a stretchable <laughs> concept. Yeah, yeah car sales is not all that small. Maybe they bought when they were small. <laughs> <laughs> Possible, but so you're not right, necessarily okay. buying what you buy. But you ha and you saw also on, on the price chart that small caps has, haven't had a great time in Australia. Yeah. In Australia, they do not outperform the index on, right. on the large on, on, over time. Only when you get a big big swing in, in the mining sector. Yeah, okay. you see it also the. The interplay between the all ordinaries and the ASX yes. 200 is similar. Huh? Yep. You get all these mining stocks that nobody's ever heard of. All of a sudden, they start moving when when people get excited, and that's maybe when you have it. Okay. So, <clears throat> you can do it if 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 you if you don't know how to pick small cap stocks. But I think, given the environment this year, there's no guarantee that this is going to outperform the index. Okay. And I think the other thing too is rather get yourself educated and learn more how to be a good investor. Yes rather than saying, yeah. I'm going to do something that I don't understand. But you can, yep. you can start off with an ETF and, and then start your education as well. Yeah, and I mean, at, I least, at least you're in the market. I, I wouldn't go overseas <laughs> and decide I want to be in do curling, sports I don't understand. Yeah. Um, you know, stick to things you understand and otherwise yeah. learn to understand them. Okay. So educate yourself to be a good investor mm -hmm. rather than saying, I can't do it. I'll just hand it over to somebody else. Okay. All right. Uh, Rudy, Matt wants a view on Auckland International Airport. Mm. Uh, Matt says, I bought AIA, Auckland International Airport, when I was involuntarily deprived of Sydney Airport. <laughs> bit, of, uh, <laughs> bit of a sting in the tail that's, there. That's Matt what, wasn't happy well, to uh, well, I, get taken out of I, Sydney Airport. I, 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 Not yeah. the same quality, Matt says, but no. can it fill that gap in the portfolio or is it to sell after a good run? I would sell after a good one, but that's right. that that's me. It's also funny that that he has done that because we we, we read about revenge spending, which is why yeah, everyone yeah. goes on holiday. So this was revenge investing. Take another one. Uh, it's had a great run. Though. It has an enormous one. Um, I think we should all understand that Auckland is by no means uh, of the same caliber as, as Sydney Airport. But it does the, the, land. Other, the other thing it's is it's a property developer too. Sydney it is, I know, land. I know. But however, the uh, the potential risk here is that they may, may have to raise capital to fund their capex plans, and that oh. means at some stage, obviously, you get the dilution in the lower share price, okay. or you get pressure on the share price. And I would think that a lot of that, uh, that all of that up, upside is now being priced in by by a share price that has gone on a big run. So you instinctively, so I would never, I would never follow a run like this. He's on board. He, he can try to. He doesn't lose anything by just letting the share price run as high as it can. If you're a little bit more conservative, you you take off some of the table, and you just let the rest run, and you right. just see how far this goes. I mean, when the capital raising comes, yes or no, you don't have to participate. Yeah. And um, in the meantime, they will pay dividends. By the way. They so you take profits. I would personally take profits, yes. Right. Okay. And it doesn't have to be 100%. You can, yeah. still, you can still secure some yeah, profits. Yeah, you never know exactly let, when's the and top and anyway. Let the, rest, yeah. let the rest run, yes. Yeah, like, and everyone has a different thing, though. They take a third. Yes. yes. Keeps going up another third off. Others take the, uh, the strategy. Uh, you sell as much as your, your original yes. investment. Yes. And so you just This, this is, of course, right. a good excuse for saying I don't understand the prospects of the company well enough. Right. Okay. So I'll figure out a way that I can justify to myself <laughs> owning part of it, not All owning part right, of it. All right, Howard. What would you be doing? Well, in this particular case, <laughs> um, it's got its return on equity has never once in 10 years 
got anywhere close to 10%. Oh, it got to 8.7 once. No, but no. the average over 10 years yeah, has been about five. Yeah, but you're at the fast five. power. Look at the path. It's about developing if now. If a company can't <laughs> generate more than 5% return on equity, your long-term return in the company can't be more than but 5%. Their, their country was closed down for two years. Yeah, but I'm looking at seven years right. before it got closed down too. <laughs> and, um, you know, if, if a company can't make a decent return on equity, yeah. that's the upper limit in the long term of what you can earn out of a business. Yeah. It's return on equity. So if it's return on equity maxes at about five, the chances are, if you look at it over a long enough period, your return will be five. Now. It may get a little higher because of inflation, but then it's not real money either. It's only nominal numbers that get a little higher because of inflation. So not a company that we would show any interest in. No, but if you're in, in you'd sell it. Uh, yeah, but looking at that graph, uh, I'd say, uh, what a relief if I've got a company with low return on equity in my portfolio and its share prices sort of gone up the way that one did, take the money and do something better with it. Right, take the money and run. Um, If you like infrastructure though, there are many infrastructure players. Transurban. Transurban. It's probably the highest quality we have left on the stock exchange. Right. If if you agree that Telstra is not infrastructure. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of infrastructure because they're always super capital intensive. Yeah. Which means that um, they've got to get everything so right in order for you to get reasonable returns out of it. Whereas if you look at a company that's not very capital intensive, they can make a few mistakes and they don't really matter that much. I just can't get my head around the accounting in infrastructure. (laughs) How can you borrow? How can can you borrow and that become profits and you pay dividends out of it? uh, My old auditor background... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, can't, I can't comprehend that. But well, anyway. I don't have that background. I can't comprehend no. it from a business <laughs> perspective either. <laughs> All right. Um, Andrew wants to view Howard on rhythm biosciences um, in regards. Um, they um, really a medical diagnostics company. They've got technology where they'll be able, they want to, um, where you can uh, detect colon cancer uh, just by a blood test. Um, came out of the CSIRO, Andrew's saying, and they recently had an FDA application which they had to withdraw and delay a bit. And Andrew's after, saying... After 1,300 1, pages they submitted, Yeah. and then they had to withdraw it. So why would you be there? Yeah. yeah. They, they, they may have a plan, but they have no revenue. Look, uh, I wish this company well in the extreme. Yep. Um, my mother died of colorectal cancer right. at quite a young age. Yep. I have a colonoscopy every few years because I'm considered get, to be get, at risk. That's when they pulled the application to yep. the FDA, mm. uh, that big drop back down. Yep. So I hope they do well, yep. but I wouldn't invest in it. Right. In the last three years, they've lost 700% of the equity. Right. Now, that's seven times the amount of money that was in the company has actually gone out and been lost. So they're doing regular capital raisings, uh, obviously, in order to keep going. And saying that they could get FDA approval, well, there's probably 100 companies on the Australian Stock Exchange, if not more, that are hoping to get FDA approval for something or other. And maybe one of them gets it. But all the costs that they accumulate on the way, doing the phase one, two and three trials, and then re-putting in the application and redoing testing, uh, to me, they're not investing material in any of these companies, okay. but I wish them well. Right. I hope they succeed. But there does come a time, we had, what was a, 
Neuron yeah. uh, Pharmaceuticals yesterday, uh, which have been through all of this years and years and years, and then just whooshka. But then and we have a member of Team Investor who is jokes that in his youth, he used to like to go and play roulette. And right. he always bet on a particular number, forget the number, but there was one number that he always put on. He said, and one day it actually came up. He said, <laughs> and then his girlfriend worked out for him how much money he'd spent over the years to make forget that one win. Yeah. Okay, mm. good point, mm. good point. I, I, I wrote a story about 15 years ago about what, what the actual chances are for a, a medical developer or, or medical device developer or for, yeah. for biotech, which is, which is a lot lower. If, if you start from scratch and you have to invest them, I mean, you, would, you would never consider them. The, the chances mm. are so small. Uh-huh. You rather play the lotto mm. because you will never win week in, week out, but your chances are higher. Yeah? Yeah. The, 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 the probability only increases as they move further and further through the development of what yep. they're doing. Yeah? That's why you have phase one, phase two, A, yep. B, yeah. Phase three, etc., etc. That's why. So the further you come, and each of those costs more than the one before as well. Yes, by the way, cons- that you basically don't have these guys have no business. There's yeah. an idea. There's a concept. Yeah. Uh-huh. And at this stage, they have nothing. They have a plan. They have an intention. Right. Yeah. The the, the, the reason why CSL is trading on 43 PE or whatever, and they've done so well, they actually have a business, yeah. and they on the side develop all these new things while they keep on being a market leader globally in what they do. Yeah? Yeah. It's a complete different business than, than yeah. having no backbone. Yeah, they take you, And you have costs and you have everything needs to happen. And, and you, you're basically counting on the fact that one day your product, your medicine, your ther- therapy will become approved. Yeah. And then you still have to build a business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the, just because you are great scientists and you've developed something, doesn't mean you're going to be any good at running a business. Yep. In fact, the chances are you're going to be terrible at running a business because mean, it's completely different. It usually means you need another CEO that actually builds the business then around yep. it. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, I remember oh, months ago, Howard, we had another one of these stocks come up and you wish them well, you hope they succeed. And I'll never forget this. You said, but you don't want to be an investor. But if you really believe in it, like your mum died of it, make a donation to them. Absolutely. And at least get a tax deduction. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so you're supporting them. Yes. But yeah. you're getting something back with a tax deduction. Absolutely. And that, and I was in a little bio-science at that, that way, stage and I, I sold out and I donated. <laughs> and that way around, you're not deluding yourself. Yeah. You've made a donation, yeah. you get a tax deduction and you're not trying to convince yourself that yes. somehow you're going to make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the irony also is like I've, I've spent quite some time on biotechs over the past two decades, in particular here because Australia has, does actually have a very thriving yeah, biotech yeah. Even when they get to the next stage, often 10 years later, they're nowhere to be seen anymore. It's a really brutal world out there. And yeah. of course, here's an interesting thing. It's something Australia does rather well. We've been very good, the development. And now we're going to tax unrealized capital gains in super funds. So now people won't invest in them. So all these biotechs that used to develop in Australia will go overseas, hire staff there, etc. And we won't land up doing it. So one of the things we are good at... On the R&D stuff as well. I mean, Woolies gets R&D 
grants and these guys don't get it. Yeah, right. Resmed has been complaining about it for ages. Yeah? That's right. why they that's why they're producing in the U.S. Yeah? Sure. Right. So okay. there's more to it. Right. Right. Uh, well, we're going to uh, finish up by sticking in this sort of space, but something uh, uh, in the healthcare space. We've had a bit of a bent to that um, today. Uh, Tim Montabue, Rudy on Integral Diagnostics, the uh, again another medical imaging service. Uh, 80 yeah. ra- 90 radiology clinics across Australia and New Zealand. It's got yeah. a partner in uh, the UK and Ireland. Yeah. Well, that, this, this also shows you that the label healthcare covers a lot. A lot yeah, but these yeah. guys are not a biotech. They actually no. have centers. Yeah, yeah it's a real business. In. Yeah. Well, this is but many pro-medicus, is it? No, nah. no, no, no. This is uh, Sonic Healthcare. Right. But done in a in a yeah in a mini version. Version. <laughs> um, Helios, for example. Um, I would prefer Sonic. Yeah. Right. You you. This business, you have to realize what 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 thrives businesses. This business basically thrives on acquisitions. Right. So they buy unlisted competitors, and because they're listed, they can they can they can get more synergies right. out of that. You can tell that COVID and lockdowns haven't done anything for the acquisition of the businesses. Yeah, yeah. Plus, of course, the lockdowns and everything has put pressure on the business. I don't want to be neg- too negative here. I think, given the share price already has come down so much, and it's you can tell it's almost at the depths of a 2020 yeah. sell down. You can probably give it the benefit of the doubt here and a hold, right? Um, because I'm assuming that management, once the business starts recovering again, they'll be looking around and see whether they can buy some smaller centers again, and and then add to the network and 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 keep the whole momentum going. But in 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 general terms, when businesses are this reliant on basically on doing acquisitions. It's not really my thing. I, okay. I, I prefer them to be a global leader and, and doing it organically. Mm. Yeah, I own a few shares in it. And in fact, I know the CEO extremely well because he serves on the board of Tip Group uh, oh. together with me. So we're on, right. on the board of Tip Group together. <laughs> so I know Ian Kadish particularly well, a superb uh, executive. Right. Um, but like Rudy, uh, companies that are continually making acquisitions uh, are difficult to understand and uh, hard to make money out of in the long term. Um, it's done pretty well over time. During the COVID period, obviously, their centres were closed. They hardly got yep. any people coming in, so that's hurt them. I believe it's now starting to pick up from the announcement to the market um, that it hasn't got anywhere near what it was like pre-COVID, but it was heading in the right direction. So maybe when they report in August and, and we can see the second half of the year, we'll have a better understanding of it. But um, uh, so for me, it'd be a hold as well. Right. Okay. All right, let's recap the uh, final five stocks. LGMA, uh, a hold from both, but um, Rudy would be, um, and both agree that it's one of those great stocks that if there's weakness, if there's a drop in the market, you have this on your shopping list when you want to get into good stocks at, at better levels. Uh, the Australian Small Companies ETF, I know from both uh, Auckland Airport, uh, take profits. From Rudy, Howard would just sell the whole lot. Um, if you're looking for infrastructure, Rudy prefers um, Transurban in that space. Uh, Rhythm and O from both, and Integral is a hold from both, but uh, Rudy would prefer Sonic in that level, in that sector. Uh, Rudy Philpeck Van Dyke from FN Arena, good to see you, mate. Howard Coleman from Team Invest, always great good to, to have you here in the studio. 
Um, that's it for us for today. If you've got any stocks that you want me to put to our expert panel here on the call, uh, put them in an email to call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Coming up next, Greg Smith with Market News on the Pulse. Stay with us here on Osbiz. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.